It's time for episode 457 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that has adventures in space and time, but mostly time because we're usually in the same space. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, my inspiration. It's Micah Sargent. Hello, Micah. Hi, Dan. That was a very sweet introduction. I uh, I appreciate it. And also, I liked uh, I liked the the wibbly wobbly voice you had there for, Thank for you. Uh, time. Thank you. I gave it my all. Uh, you know who else is going to give it their all? Our two fantastic guests this week. To my left is my very good friend, uh, tech columnist over at the Washington Post. It's Heather Kelly. Welcome back, Heather. Hello, Dan. I am happy to be here bright and early. <laughs> <laughs> and we're happy to have you. So, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, to my left is the co-host of Analog on Relay FM, as well as one of three panelists on ATP. It's Casey Liss. Hello, Casey. Hello. It is great to be here as always, and a pleasure to talk to all three of you. Well, let me kick things off today. It is the 15th birthday of the iPhone. Happy birthday, iPhone. I'm curious to know, I'm sure most of you have had many iPhone models throughout the years, and I want to know if you had a particular favorite among them. Heather? I I don't know about you, and Dan, I knew you when the first iPhone came out, but the, the last 15 years is, is literally just a blur. Um <laughs> And so scratching through my brain, only one really stands out, and it's the OG SE. And I'll tell you why. It had a button. It had these hard <laughs> little edges. You could put your, like, headphone thing in there. I know words. And you could, you could like, you could open a beer with it, apparently. And there's, like, this whole subculture. You could. You could use the edge. There's a whole subculture of people who, like, collect them and are slowly waiting for it to just die out and be gone forever, like uh, Kim Kardashian with her BlackBerry. Um, and I love it. That's the only phone to me that had like a little mini cult following within the cult following. So I picked that guy. Uh, for, for me, it was the white iPhone 4S. I thought that phone was so cool. Uh, I remember, I, I, I don't remember, actually, I remember having it. I don't remember when I had it. And just those really nice uh, metal sides and those two layers of glass. I just like that very uh, flat look. And so having that and then having this just pristine white iPhone looked so cool. I felt very futuristic with my iPhone and uh, just pressing the buttons on the side and uh, switching that switch back and forth on the side was also uh, a nice experience of a little bit of like fidget fun. And uh, at the time, of course, that phone didn't seem as small as it does these days. uh, But just having an easily pocketable phone and uh, that just wedge design really was was next level. What about you, Casey? You know, this is a tough question to answer. You know, my first inclination is my first iPhone, which was a 3GS, um, in part because at that point when you had a smartphone, you were still peacocking a little bit, and that was kind of fun uh, because I'm very shallow <laughs> like that, um, in part because it was my first iPhone. And then, you know, as, as with everyone else, I liked the, you know, 4 and 5 era 
Um, but I think actually, and I'm, I'm ducking behind furniture so the fruits and vegetables don't get to me, uh, I think my favorite is actually the iPhone 13 Pro that I have right now. I love it so much that I left it downstairs by accident, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> the camera the camera on this thing is phenomenal and good enough that I very rarely reach for my traditional like classic camera. Um, the speeds you can get from this thing if you have the appropriate cell phone plan are ridiculous. It, the processor is fast. Like everything about this phone, despite being maybe a hair too big i i love it i have the uh, i don't remember the official name for it but the blue one and i love the look of that blue I, I really do love this phone top to bottom inside and out which i know is a little bit boring but it is probably my favorite i think of all of them the one that strikes out the most to me is the iphone 5 um i enjoyed that design i know we've also heard the, about the se and the 4s which are all sort of that similar design language which we've now kind of gotten back to and i liked that style of it a lot the 5 was also felt like a great size for a phone because it was so easy to slip in a pocket and it had just this very cool look to it that it was just like this black slab and you know i just really i liked it it was the first one with lightning it had the taller screen like all of that put together felt like yeah this is kind of like where we're going with phones and i've liked many of my phones after them but i i have to do like take that one point that casey mentioned there offhandedly and say i feel like a lot of them are too big i was tempted by the 13 mini this time around i didn't get one yep. there's no mm-hmm. probably no mini this year so i like my decision has been made for me but i do feel like i miss a smaller phone because man my my thumbs hurt and i I, every time i see that advice about don't rest your phone on your pinky and then i catch myself doing it i'm like oh man i'm totally screwing up my hands i know it so i say bring back more small phones well happy birthday to the iphone thank you all for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from heather Hello. And just a brief note, I actually got iPhone pinky and I went to a doctor and he's like, stop doing that. And it went away. So <laughs> that's my pro tip here. Okay. Oh, All right. No. Um, my, uh, my topic this morning for no particular reason whatsoever. Um, are you guys at all like paranoid about your privacy online? And if so, is there anything you do that's maybe like a little extra or that if you told people they might look at you a little sideways, like you're an old man with a tinfoil hat to protect your privacy? That is my question for today. It's a very good uh, question, and there are many things um, that I, I do. I don't I don't go as far as to uh, you know put on some glasses and wear a wig and walk into a public library and, and use the computer there, uh, but I do have lots of different ad blocking and tracking protection stuff set up. Um, I, for example, use uh, the built-in ad blocking and tracking protection that my router provides. Uh, I have an Eero and I use the Eero system to do the tracking uh, protection there. But then on top of that, I also have uh, an app called OneBlocker that I use on all of my devices. And then on top of that, I also have... Um, it's called, I think it's Next DNS, which is a sort of do, uh, DNS-based uh, ad blocking and tracking prevention service. And then most of the time, I also have ExpressVPN turned on because I forget that I have it turned on. And so it just stays on because my internet connection is is just as fast. I think the one thing that I don't do regularly because it's still uh, noticeably slow is use um, the iCloud Plus feature uh, 
called iCloud Private Relay that Apple has, where it kind of like bounces your IP against two other IPs so that no one knows what your actual IP is. And the only reason I don't have that always toggled on is because it ends up being... um too uh, too slow. Uh, on top of that, I also use masked emails um, for everything. So I either use Fastmail uh, masked emails or iCloud's own built-in fast, uh, excuse me, masked email service. And so every account has its own email and nothing is connected there. Um, so it's mostly just a lot of stuff that happens in the background, but I got a lot of it all working at once. Casey, what about you? So the advantage of looking like the people that are trying to take away everyone's rights is that I don't have to think about this too much, but um, that's not really true. I do have to think about it, but um, I, I don't think about it as much as I think a lot of people do. The one thing I will say is that I do have a, a WireGuard VPN running on a Raspberry Pi in my house. And one of the advantages of WireGuard is that you can have it automatically uh, connect anytime you're on any Wi-Fi except ones that you bless. So what that means is Anytime any of my devices is on a Wi-Fi that is not my house, it automatically connects to WireGuard and then all of my traffic goes through my house. That means it's all encrypted, especially if I'm at somewhere that I feel like is un is uncomfortable, like a coffee shop or something like that. And we'll actually be talking about that in a minute. Um, that is the main thing. I have started to embrace masked emails. That was not something I ever used to do, but I've, I've been starting to do that. Uh, just like you said, Micah, I'm also using Fastmail. I'm using their, their uh, techniques and tools to do that, especially in concert with 1Password. Uh, but that's mostly it. I don't have any like third-party VPNs or anything like that. Um, I do use some ad blockers, which I think we're slated to talk about in our overtime topic. Um, but in terms of actual security, it's mostly just making sure I'm on a VPN whenever I'm away from the house. Yeah, I mean, again, like Casey, I find myself in a position of privilege where it's something I don't have to think about constantly. That said, I do take some precautions. Uh, I increasingly use the built-in hide my email feature that's available via iCloud. Uh, I have used the iCloud Private Relay, though I agree with Micah. It is still flaky sometimes and causes problems, so I've definitely turned it on and off a few times. I tend to only use a VPN if I'm out of the house. I have one set up through my own personal server that I can use. Um, and I also use some blocking software, though not a lot. I tend to rely mainly on the built-in uh, blocking features that are present in iOS and macOS. Uh, I think for me, a lot of it comes down to things that you just, yeah, always have to be careful about, you know, obviously the information that is online because that's just where it needs to be. But also some of it is just keeping information offline when possible. There are things, the precautions I definitely take that it, it blows my mind sometimes when I have these conversations where like people... Uh, you know, clients, for example, will send me like, oh, you know, you're going to do some work for us. Uh, why don't you just fill out this uh, PDF of your W-2 and email it back to us? I'm like, look, I'm not going to email you my social security number. <laughs> that's that's just not going to happen. So I go through these jump through these hoops where I like encrypt PDFs and then, you know, like have to call people on the phone and give them the passwords for the PDF. And it, it just frankly frazzles me that anybody is doing business like that in this day and age because it's so easy to secure those types of information if you use other services and things like that. And for some reason, people just don't do not do it. So some of it is just on my part being careful about what information is where. Obviously, not everything is within your control. Um, but I think I, I tend to sort of um, be cautious about where I do my shopping and what have you. But some of it's also just sort of a lost cause, I guess, at this point. And I've just kind of given up on parts. <laughs> Heather, why don't you wrap this up for us? 
Um, I feel like I've given up on trusting any of these methods in a way like you. And so everything I type and do, I imagine this nightmare scenario of it being leaked to everybody I've ever met (laughs) and I proceed accordingly. Um, but in addition to that, I also do, I've been using iCloud private relay, but like you guys, every now and then it will be weird and I'll turn it off and I'll just completely forget to turn it back on. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure what its deal is, but I actually, I really like it. I use the mask emails but at this point i i mean i'd have to start all over with email if i really wanted to get it out of every database in the world so it just seems like a silly activity to even try and do um i i vpns are hard because i'm always like love the idea of you don't know which one of you to trust Mm -hmm. so right now i'm dabbling Mm -hmm. with like the mozilla vpn because i'm like they they wouldn't do me dirty would they mozilla would you and Um, oh, I, so here's the thing I did and I did it for a story and I loved it is I went into every possible app and I changed all my privacy settings that they give you, which is maybe 12 hours of your life straight. Um, (laughs) but I, I did it and some things will still break every now and then because of it, because they're designed to work by sucking up your data. But, um, that was sort of satisfying to do. Like I felt like I was denying them something they wanted. So I enjoyed that. Nothing for you. Nothing for you. Uh, have you have you ever used Instagram when they do not have like microphone and camera access? They get very so upset about this all over the place. It's quite funny and depressing all at the same time. And TikTok, if you don't give it your contacts, they're just like mm, every day. Are you? Mm-hmm. Can we have your contacts? Please, please. Can we, please. Can we know your mom's Man. email, please? Yeah, <laughs> we need friends. We're just very lonely here at TikTok. <laughs> all right. That's two topics down, two topics left to go, which means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by us because we love you and we don't have another sponsor this week. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate your support at Relay FM, and you should go check out some of the other fine shows on this network. Might I suggest Analog? Sure. Why not? Aww. Thanks, bud. All right. Well, that is enough of that. Let's move on to our next topic, which comes from Micah Sargent. Hi, yes, me. I have a question. Do you track your sleep? And if you do, have you discovered any trends or interesting patterns regarding your sleep? Has anything come from your tracking of your sleep? Casey? I don't track my sleep, and so I have the most boring answer ever. I know I do plan to get into it. The problem is I always forget because I charge my watch overnight, and I don't think to like when I've gotten in bed but have not gone to sleep yet to put it on the charger then and then put it back on afterwards. You know what I mean? And so I just take it off, and then I roll over and go to sleep and don't even think about it. But it's something I would like to do. I I think there's some value in tracking your sleep, if nothing else than the amount of sleep you get and trying to understand some correlations between how, if you're me, crotchety, or if you're other people tired, you are the next day. Um, but yeah, I, I don't track my sleep. You need to remind me. that Micah, do you have a service wherein you could personally call me in the evening and remind <laughs> me to put my watch back on? That would be very useful. Please I do not, you. but I have such a better option for you. If you've got yes, $75, the link I just posted in the show notes is going to change your life. Um, it is... Uh, it, I'll talk about it on my turn, but um, yeah. It, I, I promise I recommend it, and for good reason, and I'll talk about it shortly uh but we'll let dan go uh well my my answer is going to sound a lot like casey's i do not track my sleep other than by waking up in the morning and being like man i don't feel like i slept very well uh (laughs) does that count uh i used to i created like a shortcut or two at one point that sort of made my own manual system for tracking sleep but it depended too much on me remembering to trigger those shortcuts like 
one was like I had one triggered when like a certain time rolled around that was my quote unquote bedtime, but I often was not actually asleep at that point. And two, I had to remember to hit a shortcut when I picked my phone up in the morning. And that often didn't happen because it was not a thing I was thinking about. So it was not very reliable about that. And what I learned is that my sleep is very unreliable. I don't know. Uh, I have nothing to learn from this. I I don't know. I, I feel like I know the things that make me sleep poorly, but I sometimes feel powerless to do anything about them. Like <laughs> So uh, maybe sleep tracking would help me. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, about Micah's mystical, magical, amazing solution. Heather, <laughs> what about you? Do you have any sleep tracking? Um, no, I, I mean, I've tried it in the past, probably for stories or something. I don't know. But like the idea of something tracking me sleeping makes me not sleep. Um, <laughs> That's a real thing. They've, they've yeah. done studies on that. Yeah. Especially if it's like a wearable or the things under your mattress or, you know, we just talked about privacy. Like who else is going to know how I slept last <laughs> night? I don't know, man. Um, but my phone knows because it's the last thing I look at and the first thing I look at when I wake up, which sounds like wedding vows, but it's about <laughs> so um, it'll tell you, be like, oh, you were asleep this long. I was like, that's accurate, man. How do you know? Um, but also my dad, I sleep very well. And my dad used to say that's a sign of a clean conscience or no conscience at all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it up to sort of uh, our decision on which Whichever. one it is. <laughs> Um, so the, the thing I recommend, it's called, uh, the beauty rest sleep tracker. Um, and what it is, it's two pads, these two sort of foam pads. One goes on one side of the mattress, one goes on the other. So if you sleep with a partner, then they can also, uh, get, uh, use out of this. And it goes underneath the mattress and has all of these sensors built into it that can track your sleep. Um, and it is, uh, partially uh like the 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 algorithms that are built in are built by a data scientist that um is a friend of uh the twit network and i i can't his name is escaping me at the moment but super smart guy um who helped build this out and what makes this work is that you don't need to think about it you can get in bed and even if you're a person who as we all know should not be doing any work or any other kind of thing in bed bed is for uh the bedroom in general is for sleep and other activities that we are all aware of uh and it should be for nothing else but a lot of us still use our bed for other things and it is smart enough to know when you're actually awake and when you have fallen asleep and it will start tracking your sleep at that point. And when you wake up and stay in bed for a while, it knows that you're awake versus asleep and can help you then too. It's all very uh, intuitive. And I think that that's the only way for sleep tracking to truly work uh, versus a watch that you need to wear to bed or a ring that you need to keep on in bed. This just works without you having to think about it. And then it'll send you um, email if you want it or a push notification uh, letting you know about your numbers. I think it is a bad idea. Uh, and we're increasingly seeing research papers that suggest that it is a bad idea to sort of do a numbers based system because we like, <gasps> try to sleep better to get our number <laughs> higher so hard. and yeah i'm sleeping so hard that doesn't really work um but 
the trends are what's important. And so what I ended up discovering is that I was eating food a little too close to bed, which resulted in my heart rate staying up higher uh, than it should be for better sleep. And so I started to push back the time when I would, you know, have the last snack or whatever I was having in the day. And it did result in better sleep for me overall. So yeah, that data, those trends are really good. Um, oh, and also if you sometimes allow your pets to to uh, lay with you, which I do. I've got two dogs and sometimes they uh, get to lay with us. Uh, It knows the difference between a pet's fast, fast, fast heart rate versus uh, a human's heart rate. So very cool. The beauty rest sleep tracker into a dog during your, if you turn into a dog, you are, as they say, uh, C-O-L, crap out of luck. Anyway, (laughs) let's move along to our final uh, of the four topics, which comes from Casey. So I like to work outside the house from time to time and mostly to get a change of scenery. And I often do this literally outside, um, you know, maybe at a park or something like that. Uh, I found recently, and I spoke about this on ATP, I found recently that there's a park near me that has millimeter wave, a millimeter wave tower right nearby, so I get absurdly fast internet speeds on a park bench, which is pretty cool, um, or a picnic table, I guess I should say. So what are your favorite get out of this, i got to get out of this house kind of spots to either work at or in or whatever the case may be? Casey, you're stabbing me to the quick. I used to be a inveterate, like, go to the cafe every morning um, from, like, you know, 8 to 11 and do my work while I was there and have a cup of tea and maybe a little treat or something. And now I don't really go anywhere. Uh, last year, during the height of the heat here, I uh, went to one of the local public libraries that was air-conditioned um, because it was in that brief window where it felt like, oh, I could go indoors at a place. That seems fine. <laughs> um and I've a couple times ventured to some of the coffee shops near me that do have outdoor seating, which is very nice. But like then you sort of run that difficulty in the summer of like, well, you need outdoor seating, but I also want shade because I don't want to get sunburned. Yep. Uh, so I kind of end up working from different places within my home. I do have we finally set up some stuff on our patio with some chairs and stuff, and I've yet to actually go back out there and work. But it seems like that might be a, a good place to do that at times during the day. But I do miss my my coffee shop habit. Heather? I I have one of these fun salary jobs. And so I willingly and enthusiastically will return to my office, say, two to three days a week. And I love it. <laughs> it is fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I when I'm at home, I just sit on my bed and I swear to God, it's better for my back. I don't know why. I know science disagrees with me, but I'm just really happy sitting on my bed. Um, my other alternative is my yard. And so this is a tip for the ladies is I got this hat from Bagu. And it's massive and it's big enough to cover my laptop a little so I don't get any glare. <laughs> and oh, nice. It, it folds down like a tent into like a little a little circle. Um, and so that's my outdoor working situation instead of like a blanket over my head or something, which, you know, it's, it's a little toasty. So um, those are my three options right now. I will go to the library as well sometimes. Um, but that their Internet is not that great here in San Francisco. Uh, I barely get work done in my home office, so I don't think I would uh, benefit from going other places. <laughs> no, I kid. I, uh, it's I've got everything set up exactly how I want it um, at home. And so that is where I do get most of my work done. I have ADHD. And so having this home office that is, you know, it's got the the stimulation that I need without (laughs) extra stimulation that I don't need. Um, And going into the office, 
I will do the things that I need to do in front of the camera um, whenever, you know, the the case may be. Uh, but the stuff that has to happen kind of after a show is done being recorded. I like to just head back home and do all of that from there. So, yeah, I'm not really a work outside the house kind of guy personally. Uh, but Casey, why don't you round us out? Well, other than the aforementioned millimeter wave park <laughs> park picnic table, um, and, and this is this is a safe space, right? This, oh, yeah. this is just Absolutely. for the four, just for the four of us. Yeah. There's a train station in a little teeny tiny town called Ashland, Virginia, and there's an Amtrak station there, and the train tracks go right through the center of town, which is kind of funny. And there is a single picnic table or park or whatever you know, a table there that has an umbrella. All the other tables do not. And conveniently, the umbrella blocks the sun in the morning hours when I'm most likely to get work done. So like, from time to time, I like to make the short drive to Ashland and go to the Ashland Amtrak station. And I have yet to knocking on my relay uh, brick of wood here. I have yet to been uh, I've yet to have a situation where the picnic table was already taken. And so that is my I, I refer to it as my northern office because it's a little bit north of where I live. Don't be creepy. Or, or, uh, or, is, they, or they tell you to get out of here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the funny thing is, I can often but not always slurp up somebody's free Wi-Fi nearby because Ashland <laughs> is uh, less progressive than a lot of places around it, and so the Wi-Fi protections are not as strong as you would expect. Uh, but I miss going to, I think it was Dan, you had mentioned going to the library. I miss going to the library. Uh, we have two young kids, the youngest of whom is not yet vaccinated, but should hopefully be happening actually tomorrow. Um, and so I've been avoiding the, I like to joke that I'm allergic to the indoors uh, until she's fully vaccinated. And so I haven't been to the library in years for for, you know, actual working purposes, but I, we have great libraries where I live and I am very much looking forward to once she's fully vaccinated to feel like I can com comfortably go into the library and, and work there again. I'm, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. All right. That's four topics down, which is just enough time for a bonus topic. But before the bonus topic, I do want to tell you this week's episode is brought to you by the Nova Incident, debuting July 26th. It well done. It's everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, James Thompson, for that suggestion. Uh, go to dmorn.com slash the Nova Incident to go and find out where you can buy your copy. But it's available at all fine bookstores. All right. Bonus topic this week for you. I want to know, are you a pen or pencil person predominantly? That's a lot of P's. Heather? Okay, this seems like the world's simplest question. It's so complicated. Okay, it depends. <laughs> it depends on the pen or pencil. Like there are bad pens and there are bad pencils. And there's specifically bad pencil sharpening um, states, I guess. So a dull pencil is worse um, than the worst pen, unless that pen is out of ink. So I'm going to say a really <laughs> sharp pencil with just like the right amount of like soft graphite in there. Um and then like a good pen, nothing that will smear if you touch it a few minutes later, something kind of ballpointy, but heavy. So you feel classy, like somebody gave it to you or you stole it from a hotel um, and nothing with like a funky color because we're adults unless I want funky colors and I have lots of those. So that's that's my very simple answer to your question. Pencils for me are for math and outside of math and carpentry and stuff like that which i do use it for those things i'm a pen guy all the way fountain pens and ballpoint pens and <laughs> pens that have friction erasability and all those kinds of pens uh casey what about you I will not be singing my response, but my response is very similar to yours. Uh, I, for years since high school, and it's been like 20 years since I was in high school, uh, I was a Pilot Precise V5 person. You would recognize the pen if you saw a picture of it. Um, and then 
Uh, my two good friends at Studio Neat were jerks and ruined my 20-year run of using the Precise V5 and came out with the Mark I, which is my desk pen with the astonishingly clicky, what do they say, like satisfying as heck click? Mm, uh, and then uh, th- that is my desk pen, uh, and which I put blue ink in because I'm a blue ink kind of person. And then my travel, my everyday carry, if you will, is a Mark II, which is basically the same idea also by Studio Neat. Um, but in that case, uh, it is a, I don't know what the formal name for it is, but it's one of the things where you slide it out and then you post it, I think is the official term. You you put the pen inside the cap and that's how you use it. Um, and so I really love both Mark I and the Mark II. Uh, they are excellent. They are not cheap for, well, as someone who used, used to buy $5 pens. At pens. <laughs> that was a yeah, mistake. It, it, yep. It, they are real. They are really, really nice though. And really well made. And, and, uh, Tom and Dan are excellent individuals who are friends of mine. So it's a win all around. I, I'm a pen person pretty much all the way, unless I'm doing like, you know, some, some sort of math or something like that. Like Micah said. Uh, yeah, pen, pencils for me for puzzles, which I do a lot of because, you know, erasing, re- I get stuff wrong. Amazing as it is to think I do occasionally what? make mistakes. I know. Wow. I know. It's disappointing. Be. Um, that must stink. <laughs> and pens, I, see, here's the problem. I have the same problem with pens I used to have with sunglasses, which is I never want to have expensive ones because I would worry that I would lose them or break them. Uh, more worrying now is that they get stolen from my desk by a certain other unnamed individual who lives in my house. And so I go and look and go, where did all my pens go? And then I have to find where they've been scattered throughout our home. Uh, so I end up with kind of using cheaper disposable pens. Um, but I do have a really nice pair of sunglasses that I've had for like eight years now. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time I treat myself <laughs> to a fancy pen. I just need to right? put like an air tag on it or something so I know where it is at all times. All right. Thank you all for your answers to the bonus topic. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show, which we really appreciate. In this week's overtime topic, we're going to talk about a note-taking workflow. Late breaking changes. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Heather Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was a great way to wake up today. (laughs) And Casey Liss, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. It is always a pleasure. And Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.